Welcome to Tamarindo Podcast. Hosted by me, Brenda Gonzalez, a political nerd and nonprofit capacity builder. And me, Ana Sheila Victorino, a queer well-being enthusiast and mindset coach. We are a Latinx empowerment podcast discussing politics, culture, and how to keep your calma with well-being practices and self-love. Welcome to the show. Welcome, everybody, to Tamarindo. Ana Sheila, how are you? ¿Cómo estás? Good to see you again aquí en el Zoom. What's up, y'all? What's up, Tamarindo, amigos? I am enfermita, so I'm looking a little modorrita, but um, we are here committed to getting these episodes out for y'all. But today, I'm excited. We're talking to Dominican comedian, actress, and writer Sasha Mercy. You can catch her on the Me Too podcast, Three G's in a Pod, in the movie Righteous Thieves, and if you're in L.A., at a comedy venue near you, but before we get to that, Brenda, ¿tú cómo estás? ¿Qué pasa contigo? Well, um, I've been missing you because I know you've been traveling and out in Mexico. We probably haven't seen each other in a few weeks, but I've just been really busy. Work is crazy. One of the things that I get to work on is a fantastic summit that's happening next week. So I can't wait to get over that hump. But it's a great gathering of uh, leaders in L.A. that are focused on immigrant inclusion and making sure that there's policies that are inclusive of immigrants that make such an integral part of Los Angeles. And so big shout out to them while it's still Immigrant Heritage Month. And it includes hearing from Dr. Manuel Pastor, who is one of my favorite guests that we've had on this show. Maybe we'll re-release our episode with him um, this summer. So that's what's up with me. And then tell me, Ana Sheila, how was Mexico? I know it was great to, to recharge and you're there for a summit for Sonoro, but also a special time with family. So tell us a little bit about that. Pues, uh, I think I'm getting sick because I've been doing all the things. I just came back from Mexico City. Um, for folks that don't know, I'm originally from Mexico City, and I got to live there for two years before I moved back to L.A. a few months ago. So this was my first little return trip to Mexico City. It was wonderful. Uh, I got to go to represent Tamarindo at a podcasting conference held by our network, Sonoro Media. Shout out to Sonoro. It was really special. Matraca to me and to Sonoro. <laughs> um, and it was it was dope. It was dope to meet like, you know, it's it's dope when you get to meet members of your team, especially when you do a lot of remote things where you don't even know the, the, the team that you work with. And there's definitely a special connection that happens when you get to meet people in person. So it's very cool to meet people from Sonoro Media in Mexico City. And also it was re a really special trip, Brenda, because, you know, it's interesting. I, I you know, I moved back to L.A. four months ago and I hadn't really missed Mexico City, I think because I was so focused on just being present and rebuilding roots. Like I've really been wanting to feel settled because even in Mexico, I never truly felt settled because I think I kind of knew it was a short term thing, you know. And so I've really focused on being present and like setting roots here in L.A. But as soon as I touched down in Mexico, it's crazy how it felt like I was home you know, and um, there's a beautiful feeling in, in that. And so it was, it's great to feel that it was great to see my family again, which one of the best things about moving to Mexico is that my family, I feel like they used to be strangers, and they actually became friends. And it's so beautiful when, you know, primos and primis, um, when they start to feel like real friends, because it does, you have a special bond, right? And to actually be friends, it like adds something to that blood bond. And then um, lastly, I think another really beautiful thing about my time in Mexico that it was cool to feel there is, is you know, how my Spanish got better. And I feel like when my Spanish got better, I was able to access a part of me that felt like really como, it had been suppressed or hidden. And so improving my Spanish made me feel more connected to myself 
and more myself. And and that's why you hear me use a lot of Spanglish. I know, Brenda, I feel like I text you way more in, in Spanglish than in Spanish because it feels like a fuller version of me. And then getting to be in Mexico, it's like right away my brain starts thinking in Spanish and it feels so cool. And I start getting a little bit of a Chilango accent and it's just it's just so beautiful. So I was grateful to, to get to go back to Mexico. I'm grateful that I feel like that door has opened for me in a way that it wasn't before and that I feel more connected to it and to my family. Oh, and I got to be in Mexico City on Father's Day. So I got to connect, feel like connected to my dad, even though I couldn't physically see him. I got to be where he's from and he's my ancestor now. And to get to be where his spirit, I feel like is felt really beautiful. So I was grateful for the experience. So now I'm enferma and because there's also a lot of events that, you know, I was in Mexico doing all the things, but also have events coming up um, as well as we have an event coming up. So Brenda, do you want to just highlight our, um, our Tamarindo event? Yeah, speaking of doing of all the things, I know you're going to be doing your debut of a performance, live storytelling event that's happening on June 29th in Boyle Heights. Tell tell us just a little bit more about that, because I know that's right around the corner and a chance for folks to see you in the flesh if they're here in L.A. So next Thursday, I am telling um, a personal story. It's the first time I'm performing a story on a stage ever. So it's a big scary thing for me but um you know trying to push myself to do things that excite me but make me nervous so y'all if y'all in la next thursday uh the event is called talking while fucked i think is what it is <laughs> and it's happening at studio luna thursday june 29th 7 p.m in Bo heights so uh yeah so which will be tomorrow when you when y'all hear this so hopefully i'll see some of you there beautiful Yeah, just want a quick plug. So even though we're about to enter summer break, we've got some fun activities cooking. So just real quick, you all can go to Tamarindo Podcast forward slash events to get information about all the things we've got going on. But I want to tell you about Money Chisme and this is going to be a fun and interactive conversation all about how we can earn more money and keep more of it for the things that we want to do. It's going to feature our favorite money coach, Charlie, who is a formerly undocumented digital nomad helping first-gen clients embody their millionaire selves. And y'all can listen to more of Charlie's work on their podcast called unicornmillionaire.com, where you'll hear me confess some of my uh, money mishaps, like tapping into my 401k to follow my dreams. So maybe maybe how to calm down and reel it back. So y'all save the date for that. It's going to be on July 20th, 7 o'clock at the Pop Hub in Highland Park. Again, the details are at damaritinopodcast.com forward slash events. That's a little bit hard to say. All right. So I'm not going to delay our fantastic interview. Ana Sheila, want to tell us a little bit more about who we got? We're going to hear from Sasha Mercy. We talk about a lot of things among them, what it's like living somewhere where you don't have representation, aka she's Dominican. So what it's like being Dominican in LA when there are 10 Dominicans. Um, we talk about creating community and we talk about redefining success as we get older. It's a fun, funny thoughtful conversation. So let's get to it. What's up, y'all? So excited to have Sasha Mercy on Tamarindo. Thank you so much for being with us. Thank you for having me. I know it took a minute, but we're here right now. So I'm excited. It took a minute to get her on the show, y'all. And she's one of my favorite comedians. Like I've been, I really have been following you for years. So it was so cool to get to meet you a few months back and be like, you have to be on Tamarindo. And here we are. (laughs) Yeah, I'm excited to be here. I'm excited. 
Awesome. Okay. So you do all the things. You're a multi-hyphenate, like many folks mm-hmm. in LA. You're a comedian, mm-hmm. actress, singer. No sé, no sé qué más. You could probably, you're probably writing a book like everybody else too. A children, a children's book. Tom, what's the name of your children's what? book? I know you're Are you on serious one. right now? It's, gonna, it's called The Fear Monster. Like, no. Nah. Shut up. <laughs> no, wait. Are you, is that a joke? Because it could, no, <laughs> it could it, vary. It's a joke. It's a joke. But um, I literally uh, kind of was faced with my fears and I'm like oh my god I just feel like this would be like a good children's book called the fear monster where you're creating your own fears and without you knowing you're creating your own limitations for when you become an adult oh my god that that is genius the fear monster (laughs) I'm gonna check in with you in one year and if you haven't used it I'm gonna take that title for my children's book (laughs) yeah right 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 honestly I feel like, you know, I feel like a lot of children's books are, would be really good for adults to reread because some of those lessons in there, we have to be reminded of still. Yeah. 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 I do. I do completely agree. Yes. (laughs) Like the giving Um, tree was one of them. That was like, you know, about the tree that kept giving and so, yeah. I forgot. The I give, forgot the, the whole story. The tree, the, 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 the giving tree, y'all. Look it up. Yeah. <laughs> Reread it. Right. Right. Um. Okay. So normally we leave these questions for the end, but I'm actually start off with these questions with you, so just so people can get a flavor for you know what you're into, what you put in the trash. Um. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I'm gonna ask you our fun rapid fire questions, which are our matraca, our basura, and our calma. So a matraca is something that you are loving, that you want to give a shout out to. It could be person, place, concept thing. It doesn't have to be serious at all. Your basura is like what you want to put on the basura. We used to say chancla, but, you know, we're trying to move away from um, yeah. encouraging. Right, right, <laughs> and, right, then, right. <laughs> and then lastly, what's giving you calma? So what is helping you stay grounded through this crazy thing we call life? So however you, I said them all so you can choose wherever you want to start. Okay, so matraca, matraca, I think, um, Man, Greece. I'm still thinking about the trip that I took to Greece and how beautiful it was and seeing the sunset and just having a moment where it almost feels like it's not real life because it's just so beautiful. Santorini was just gorgeous. You felt like you're in a painting. So Mm. that's 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 my matraca. My basura is uh, social media right now. Like I cannot stand social media. Like I can't stand what it is today. Um, I did a video that has like millions of views right now. And um, I'm talking about like, oh, when I use my white voice, uh, you know, I get things done or something like that, something something to that extent. But what I was trying to say is like, why do I have to sound that like, why do I have to sound that ridiculous to get some sort of respect or whatever? And I think that everyone on social media you know, one bad comment, somebody reads it and then they go, actually, this person's right. And then it just becomes a spiral of like just these negative comments when they don't even one, they don't even know me. They don't even know right. my my humor, how, what my stance on. Like they really thought that what I was saying is being white is better. But I'm like, no, like I have to sound this ridiculous to like get some sort of respect. Right. And I also worked in, I've also worked in the hospitality business. And I know for a fact that if someone were to speak to me a certain way, I was told by my, you know, obviously by my managers and stuff like that, like give them whatever they want. Yeah. But, um, and usually those people were white or they sounded white. 
you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, that's coming from a hospitality industry or whatever. But that's basura. Uh, basura is in the internet right now and all the negativity that's on there. Oh, man. What's keeping me grounded right now is is love. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, loving what I do, loving my partner, yeah. loving my friends, you know, loving my family, you know? Yes. And I think that's the, that's the thing that's la calma right now for me. Beautiful. I mean, what more is there than being loved and being loved, right? Yeah. And I mean, and uh, like, and understanding that. Yeah. And yeah, that's, that's the thing in life is just like, you know, we grow up, we become adults and we rid- we're riddled with anxiety. You know, we're like constantly trying to um, keep things from falling apart and then feeling like the world is going to end. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Versus just kind of being like, what are the things that are really important? And it's a lesson that we always keep learning. And it sounds like a right. cliche, but it's it's a fact, you know? Yeah. I mean, I feel like we we keep coming back to that. And I think what you just shared really resonates with me because that's I feel like I've arrived at that question. It's like life is going to life. Yeah. There's going to be suffering. There's going to be struggles. But what has made this journey as beautiful as it can be? And, and it's always been when I was just grounded in love and in being love and so thank you for for sharing that and then going back to your basura i saw your i saw the video and i thought it was hilarious and i totally got it and i was like yes Mm -hmm. and it's just it's just interesting how people you know will will go into their little spiral of what they think you met and like you know and like reading into it too much and it's like you have to like ultimately like this is comedy tambien, you know and it's like y'all are reading way too much into this and I thought it was hilarious and I totally resonated with it <laughs> thank you yes yes I, sh- I like shared it all I shared it shared it on my story this morning as I was like you know preparing to to talk uh-huh. to you I was thank like you. For, you know looking at some of your content because I really have been a, a fan of your comedy for for years like I've been following you for years so it was it was it's cool to have this come full circle and um but I literally was thinking about what you shared in that in that clip the other day because I had some friends that are not white kind of come at me with like words that felt very white to me and I'm like oh my feelings are kind of hurt that you would like use yeah. the word bandwidth on me or like some, oh, other, yeah. some other shit that I was like dang I thought yeah, we really were tiny like right. like why are you talking to me about how you have right <laughs> and the thing is like I completely understand what people are saying there they're, they're right. saying like oh it's not it's not white. It's just proper English. But right. it's it. it I mean, it's like okay. It's proper English. It's not white. Last time I checked, the colonizers was white, and they yeah. were speaking <laughs> English. You know what I'm saying? But anyway, yeah, I, I understand the concept that people are right. saying that it was just like, oh, it's just proper English. And when you come up from, come from a place where I came from. I'm from the Bronx, right? Yeah. And I, when I think about my education and I think about uh who has access to what and who has access to this or learning certain things I did not have access to certain languages the certain speech um yes I know English but my my English teacher wasn't you know I was I wasn't being taught the same thing as someone who came from privilege came from a privileged background who does know how to use their words a certain way we were just taught to learn English just to communicate, but there's other ways that people with privilege are taught and how to use their words to actually be able to get what they want or, you know, be understood in a certain way. And the people with that privilege 
don't look like me or not. Yeah. They don't look like me, which I'm very um, happy to see that the newer generation, the younger generation has more access than I did. But I'm speaking from my reality. And I think that a lot of the times in what's happening with social media or what's happening, period, it's like when you are trying to be an entertainer, they immediately equate you to almost being a politician. Like, I did not want to be a politician. Like, my job is not for you to look up to me. My job is for you to relate to me. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, we're supposed to be relating. We're supposed to be in a place where maybe I don't relate to you, but I relate to millions of others of people that actually understood what I was saying. And instead of being closed minded or saying something like, oh, you know, you deserve like I got this uh, DM from this like person who's probably not their real page, but they're like, oh, you you are an embarrassment. And it's just kind of like. Look at this. I should have I should have wrote back your but um <laughs> like you are because he goes why do you look like you live in your mom's basement and put cigarettes out in your arm I'm also uh my white voice worked on your mom like some stupid shit. oh wait 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 this is it this is it <laughs> it says I like your white voice sounds nice and clear Sounds educated as well. Don't be racist and record yourself being a dipshit. You're a fucking embarrassment. Get your shit together, right? Wow, classy. classy. Right, and I should have been like, <laughs> and I should have been like, your look. <laughs> you should have just just yeah. responded with that. But that's what I'm saying. It's just also like people would just have this thing where they they have this self righteousness where they feel like, oh, yeah, you know this is the way that things should be. This is the right way, and this is the only way, and the way she's doing it is horrible. And it's just like. I'm gonna be wrong to somebody. Yeah, I mean, but because you're you're what you you are you are presenting, you are performing, like with your experience and your and your spin on on things. And ultimately, I feel like even with that clip, it's like people chose to maybe analyze it the way they did. But like right. you know, you meant it in a certain way, and I and people are gonna and some people are gonna get it, and some people are not. People are not some people are not gonna see like that. There's like this deep commentary behind right. that clip really right. understanding like like what you just shared with us but you know you can't do that in a it, it wouldn't be comedy if you're like and let me give you the context of like where i'm coming from with this and like what it actually speaks to about access and privilege and, right. and how people get to use that certain tone and not everybody can use that right like yeah and it also like even like you know some of us can right because we were put in the environments that taught us how to use those words and, and code switch and whatever and right, we, right, right. we learned that right mm-hmm. and not everybody gets that not everybody gets that exactly so that's why i said social media basura because now it's not a place for us to connect it's a place for us to dump our shit It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. So 
you're Dominican from the Bronx. I don't know how long you lived in LA at this point, but I know several years, right? And that's like five years. Okay. So Mm -hmm. a minute. Okay. So as of the 2020 census, and it's probably changed now, um, but there was like 3,600 Dominicans in LA, (laughs) which accounts for 0.01% of LA's population, right? So, um, but I, 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 so I'm curious, what has your, what's been your experience living in a city? Because, you know, I think a lot of people speak about being Latinos and places that are predominantly white. Um, but what is it like living in a city like LA that has a large Spanish speaking population, a large Latino, but mostly Mexican and, and Central American community? People will look at me and obviously like I'm black, right? But um, it's just, I already know like I'm Dominican. So being in New York City, I didn't have an identity crisis. People would look at me and go, oh my God, like you Dominican or Puerto Rican? Or like, they understand that, that diaspora yeah. of like the Caribbean and how mixed we all are in, in the Caribbean. And here, it was just when I would speak Spanish, people just get so surprised because of my hair, how curly it is. Or they just would look at me like I have three heads and go, where did you learn? And to me, I'm like, wow, that's so interesting because... We in Dominican Republic, when I was raised there, I was raised there until like I was six, six, seven, I think, six. And everything we would watch on television is Mexican. You know what I'm saying? Like mostly like like Marimar, like Telemundo, all of the stuff like the it would be like these Mexican telenovelas, um, even maybe Portuguese telenovelas. Um, And then, you know, we have our local channels of our local celebrities. Right. But. And then, you know, you have like bachata and all this stuff. And the fact that people out here consume that and still don't know what a Dominican is, is kind of interesting to me. It's it's kind of baffling. It's kind of like you enjoy bachata, but you don't know what a Dominican is. And then or it's like, oh, you, you watch baseball and, you know, a big papi, but you still don't know what a Dominican is. So it's just interesting, you know. Um, but out here, I always felt like I just needed to make a space for myself. I remember meeting someone one time and he said, you know, LA with the wrong people is hell. LA with the right people is heaven. And ever since that, mm-hmm. I always felt like I had to make a space for me instead of just going home. And I'm I'm that type of person that I'm just kind of like, oh, if I don't see anything happening or if I don't see, um, like if I don't see a market or whatever, I don't even want to call it market, but I was just like, I don't see anyone throwing parties or like bringing people together out here like how it is in the east coast right so every day i would go out in new york city there is a club open a bar open uh, something that is bringing the community together and it's dominican music dembo merengue bachata salsa like all that stuff so it's always vibrant and the thing about new york city is that you'll never be bored because there's always something to do, right? Right. So I wanted to bring that out here. And so I started doing it at Teteo. And when I started doing it at Teteo, I started to realize the amount of Dominicans that live out here and ha- and are just supporting and being so supportive. And I was just very grateful for that. Like very, 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 very grateful for that. And um, my goal is just to make it more Dominican out here so I don't have to go back and forth, <laughs> you know, as often. And so, you know, you have other, there's other parties now. I feel like that there was first, and then you have Capicua, who's doing their thing right now. 
and um, other other Dominican parties, other Dominican influence parties are starting to happen now. And I'm very excited about that because for a population that is zero one point zero point zero one percent, we're gonna be the loudest. Yeah, <laughs> we're always. making so much noise. <laughs> yeah, so I'm excited about that. It's beautiful. And I mean, I think that that ultimately diversity in any city makes mm-hmm. a city better. Right. Yeah. And, and for me, as as a Mexican, <clears throat> I there was a period of time I lived in Chicago and that was wonderful because it was like it felt very equal, at least in my community, very equal Mexican and Puerto Rican. Yeah. Um, and that and I was really grateful for that growing up, but I haven't had that since I lived in California. So mm-hmm. for me, it's like I want more folks. I, I mean, I think that there's still like a thread that sort of um, feel makes us feel a little bit closer when you sh- with other Latinos when you sh- when you do share the language when you do share mm-hmm. that most of us were colonized <laughs> you know what I'm saying like I feel like there's things that we sh- and our me- love for me for all of our music right I love Dominican music I feel yeah. like a lot of Dominicans also really appreciate a lot of Mexican music as well absolutely absolutely and like you, you said you've been watching Mexican telenovelas here <laughs> your, yeah your, your your life so I feel like there is these this these these this thread that connects us and we just get to learn more about each other. So for me, like if there's a campaign to keep bringing more Caribbeans to LA, like I am at the front line, like whatever, yeah. like yeah. <laughs> I'm on that part of that campaign. And 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 we've had so many um, Dominican voices on the show and I've been going to the party to Capicua and the Teo and all the things because I just appreciate the Caribbean culture so much. And I think it makes, like I said, I think it makes the city better. It makes me better. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing too. Um... What I realized in Los Angeles, what it felt like, it was like going into a time machine. It was like going in back to the past, like 10 years mm. back. Like, I feel like not only are they three hours behind, but they're also socially <laughs> behind in so many ways. Because it's like in New York City, everybody, yeah, you have like your little hoods, right? Where it's predominantly a right. certain <clears throat> nationality, like, but you could be black and grow up in uh, Washington Heights and right. you, you're you going to feel just as Dominican or whatever. You could be Mexican and grow up in Washington Heights. You could be Puerto Rican and grow up in Washington Heights. You could be anything. And the thing about New York is that you are an influence of every single culture. Like you're, you have access to Indian food. You have access to Greek food. You have access to so many different nationalities, so many different cultures that in New York City, you become a little bit of all these nationalities and of everything. And you have a better understanding of accepting others for who they are and being and being and giving people grace and being more graceful. Right. Out here or places like Los Angeles, where it's funny because this is where Hollywood is. And this is this is where they constantly project or they're constantly um making movies or, or making projects it's and this city is like so secluded in, in a lot of ways like this area is nothing but black this area is nothing but white this area is nothing but mexican you know and i just find it interesting it's harder for people out here and i think it's geographical as well where it's harder for them to come together yeah, I mean, I think I, I was actually reflecting on this because like, I feel like L.A. is so diverse, but yet like what you're speaking to, like there is truth in that, that like I think it's because in New York, it's so dense and everybody's yeah. just like so close together that it just mm-hmm. happens. Right. But yeah. in L.A., like you get in your car to go anywhere. So even though it is so diverse, 
you're getting your car and you're going to your destination. That's it. You're not interacting with other people that don't look like you, unless you are actively seeking that out and you have to be seeking that out. But it's not going to happen. Right. You have to actively seek it out. And that's one of the reasons why I want to throw these parties, right? Where it's just like the introduction to the Dominican culture, but also the East coast culture and kind of like, let's bring everybody together. Let's all be, you know, it sounds cliche, but let's all be one, you know, like, let's right. all, you know, so, it, but that's what, how I grew up, you know, yeah. that's exactly how I grew up. So when I see a lot of, um, at, not animosity, but when I see people kind of being like, oh no, I'm, uh, I can't, you know, this is only for this. And these are only for these people. And these are only for that people. I'm like, for real, like out here, they, this is, Y'all never thought about just bringing things together. And then once you say that, they go, oh, my God, my mind is blown. Right. And it becomes like innovative. And it was just like this I grew up, you know. Right. Yeah. But I mean, I think what's beautiful is still centering. It's always let's center communities that don't get centered. So what I love about Altete or about Capicua, let's center communities that aren't as centered in LA because they just there. It's just not that big. But it's just mm-hmm. beautiful that it's centering dominican and caribbean culture but other folks can still come and like that's beautiful yeah i'm very yeah so that's what i love about it well y'all are throwing that's, amazing parties thank you <laughs> and, I'm, but, and i've been going <laughs> yeah yeah you know like i kind of been focusing on that more because i feel like i'm doing more of i feel like i can see the change more or i can see the progress more by being hands-on and doing these parties and seeing it happen and my goal is to start attaching like a charity to these parties because your $20 is going to go somewhere to, I'm not sure if it's going to be for the Bronx or Dominican Republic, but in a way where even, even though this party you're giving back some way, somehow it, with your joy or like, or just being able to, to, you know, be present, be around people. And at the same time, your money is going to be helping someone who needs help, you know? I, I love that. Yeah, let us, right. Like, let us do things with an energy of reciprocity. Like, what are you? Yeah. Like, and that's right? where I'm at right now. Cause it's just in, that's the thing. It's like, we're living in a place where people oh, we're living in a time where people are just talking, 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 self-righteous, self-righteous, self-righteous. She shouldn't say this. She shouldn't say that. She, and these people are doing absolutely nothing, but sitting on Nada. their phone <laughs> And just talking crap. And, you know, that's why what I like about it is that they're like, I'm seeing it happen in actual time and being around people and seeing that it's bringing them joy, especially during these times that are so hard. Um, well, coming back a little bit to comedy, um, I know you do several things now, community building, all the things, but what brought you, like, how did, com- we've had other comedians on the show, we've had Marcela, we've had Aida Rodriguez, Ian Lara, so I feel, we love comedians, we love to laugh, we love to, to have y'all on the show, but I'm curious, what brought you to, to comedy and what does comedy mean to you? I mean, I feel like comedy is a way for me to heal, right? Yeah. I come from a space of a loving family, but I'm in a fair child. So both my parents were in a relationship. You know, my mom was married. My dad had a a life partner that he had a family with. And um, all of a sudden, boom, this baby comes out and my mom passes away when I'm three months. Mm -hmm. 
So now I'm now I'm living this reality of not really fitting in anywhere, even though my family loves me, but it also feeling like there's no place for me, you know? Um, and the thing that I love about both sides of my family is my dad's side, they're funny in the way they say things, right? And they were like, oh, you know, it's always like the... The, the delivery the, the delivery of it like oh yeah you know like very dominican very campesino yeah. very like and then my mom's side they're more about what you're like the punchline and so i was able to grow with those two types of humor and you know when you're going through when you're a child and you're dealing with a certain amount certain certain amount of pain trauma and all this stuff you kind of want to be what everybody wants you to be so I learned how to like just be I'm like all right I'm just gonna be funny and so I learned how to become funny but Mm -hmm. naturally my family is also funny so like I would just like listen to them and I would just be like oh this is funny this is funny so that's where that's from and even like we're funny in a way where we don't even want to be funny like we're just naturally like that so for example and and I remember when I was filming in Dominican Republic and somebody was like, how do you guys roast in Dominican Republic? And I'm like, that's just in our speech. There's no, we're so sarcastic in the way that we speak that that is the baseline. Yeah. Like roasting is like natural. It's the baseline. It's the baseline. So for example, like I was very, very skinny and they would call me a flak and clinkla, right? It made us a flak and clinkla, right? And so flaka is obviously skinny. But clinkla is the sound that bones make in a bag. Clink, clink, clink. Oh, so, you, no. know, you know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> you know, so that's hilarious, right? And that's so, hilarious. yeah. And that's just how it is being, being Dominican. And yeah. like, for example, there was this video that went viral. And this guy, this is in Dominican Republic. This guy driving by and he sees this car is on fire. Like he just sees a car mm-hmm. and he goes, Ah, it's an accident. And then the cop goes, No, it's a barbecue. <laughs> Animal. <laughs> you know, like, he's like, No. Like, is this an it's a barbecue. <laughs> like, no, it's a barbecue. Of course it is, you animal. Like, you know? So it, that's just, just what it is. I just feel yeah. like, on top of that, you know, being around women that are, all, are so funny, women in my family are hilarious, but they never thought yeah. to pick up a mic. So that's yeah. really what, how that became my journey. Yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, your, your, your skinny nickname kind of, I relate to that because they used to call me El Trapo because, you know, palito, <laughs> un palito with my curly hair. That was El Trapo. <laughs> It's funny now. I laugh at all my nicknames now, but yeah, at first it's just like, why are you hurting me like this? El trapo. But you know what? It's real. El trapo, yeah. I kind of yeah. did look like it. Un trapo. Yeah, yeah. I was like, okay, it's like a clink clap, so skinny. I get it. But I get yeah. it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, beautiful. And so comedy was also it was, it was, it's in your it feels like it sounds yeah. like it's in your blood, but you yeah. were able to like make it into a career. And it's also like I think for a lot of folks, it's also been very healing for you as well. Yeah, it's been. And I think that I'm going through a space right now in my life where I'm going through a transition of like the things that I thought were funny before are not the same or, you know, or finding new things funny. And and I am taking a step back from like a lot of stuff, I'm taking a step back with like social media, 
and all these things because it people want you to be on all the time. And I think I'm in a place where I'm just like, yo, I'm tired of being for others. You know, I've been doing this since I was a kid where I never had a moment to kind of really reflect and be like, yo, what does Sasha want? Like, do I just want to be, um, do I just want, want to be where everybody wants me to be? Or do I take the time to really be like, okay, who am I? And I think that that's the next journey of like my art and where that's going to go when it comes to my standup, when it comes to what I'm writing, when it comes to the things that I'm going to create. Cause you know, I'm a, I'm funny, but I'm a very deep bitch. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I mean, you know, I've even reflected and all this stuff. So, I've been reflecting. <laughs> I've been reflecting and stuff. You know, I'm introspective and shit. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, but that's how that's how I was able to be where I am right now, and I'm I'm very grateful for the journey, though. I learned yeah. so much, and you go through so much growing pains. It's, it's a lot, but I'm very grateful for it. So I'm curious, you know, you, you've got this movie out, um, you've been on your grind for a bit. It sounds like you're doing a lot of reflecting what on like where, where you go next. What do you feel like, what's a lesson maybe that you're focusing on? Like what's made the biggest impact on where you're on, where you are now and, and how do you see success now? Like has your relationship to success changed? Absolutely. Absolutely. My relationship with success is completely different from what I thought it was before. Like, you know, I was just thinking about, you know, having the hit show or having hit this and having hit that. But I'm not saying that I'm not welcoming it because it'd be great, right? But there's so much responsibility when it comes to your image and how you represent yourself. And that's so much pressure, you know? Um, and the idea of what it is to be famous or what it is to be yeah what it is to be famous is not what I thought it was you know like even though you know people see me as a public figure a lot of people know who I am and that is, that is great and I love that um there's also a lot of demand like that sometimes when I am emotionally on e I'm like I don't know how I'm gonna do this like I can't even show up for me right now. How am I going to show up for you? So for me, everything that I'm doing and working on right now is my internal happiness. Yeah. Like just being internally happy. And I know that I'm going to be successful in everything that I do. But I think that when you put so much validation outside of yourself, is such a dangerous thing because then you become to you become you start to spiral because things didn't work out the way you want it or things didn't do this and things didn't do that you know what i'm saying and you just become this person you become a victim to your own hype you know what i mean like you believe your you believe your own hype and part of the journey of self and internal validation is just just knowing who you are at your core, connecting yourself spiritually. And if something becomes super successful, that's a great thing. Celebrate it and be in it. But if something doesn't work, well, then it doesn't work. It's not, it, you shouldn't attach that to your image. You shouldn't attach that to yourself, to your, to your validation, because that's life. You know, that's life. I remember someone, um, I met some guy who I guess he came out here to become a writer. I didn't know him that well, but um, he was a writer. He did comedy. He did all this stuff. 
And then there was just like this glimpse, this moment where what he wrote was going to become, what he was part of writing was going to become a project that people were going to take to TV and stuff like that. And they completely axed him out. And he killed himself. Because that's the danger of like external validation. And it's hard, right? Because you're living in a time where the likes and the follows and the likes and the follows and that determines how much money you make and that determines how you're going to live your life. You know what I'm saying? So just being able to center yourself and be in a place where I'm like, doesn't matter what it is, as long as I'm internally happy and I am an entertainer and I know that I'm going to make my money as an entertainer and I'm going to be I'm going to be a great comedian. I'm going to be a great actor. I'm going to do all these things. I just also have to know that if I do it, it's because I love it and that I shouldn't attach the outcome to my success or to my validation, you know? Right, right, right. Like everything needs to come from from within, right? It yeah. sounds so cheesy. It sounds so cheesy, but like, yeah. you know, there's that's it. Yeah. Yeah. And that was another thing, too, that I felt like I got to a place in my career. I wasn't really thinking about other people like. I'm doing everything on my phone, so as I'm doing things on my phone, I'm looking at likes and all this stuff. and I'm like, I don't even know how real that is. I'm like, OK. And then I get stopped. But it came from internally where I was at that moment. I think that I lost that a little bit because then I became a caricature of who I was. And I didn't like that. I don't like that either. And I'm not. I'm not the type of person that's just like, okay, come on, monkey, let's dance. I'd be like, I don't, um, I can't do that right now, you know? Yeah. And so, yeah. so I struggle with that too. Yeah. I struggle, I struggle with that stuff. So maybe that doesn't make me the best, uh, doesn't make me as castable as I should be or whatever. But everything that I do, I just want it to be authentic and I want it to be real and I want it to be come from a real place, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, so I mean, what I what I I feel like I hear is that success success to you now is how coming back to yourself and how aligned is what you're doing and how you're being to who you truly are. Right, right. Because there's so many people that become successful and then they hate themselves. Right, (laughs) right. They become they become quote unquote successful, right? Because they've lost because they've lost themselves. So how? Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I don't want that. Like my success, my success is balanced, like a great love life, great family, great career, great friends. Like, I don't, I don't need to be, I don't need to be like such a polarizing figure. I don't have to be so fake. I don't like, I just want to be able to do what I love for a living, get paid to do it. And I, you know, want to have a family. I want to, I want to, pour into my my partner I want to pour into my family I want to pour into my friends you know like I just want to have a full life and that to me is success have a full life yeah I love that um well it's been a pleasure having you on the show I just want to give you an opportunity if there's any last message that you want to share with folks whether it's just um you know where people can find you follow you what you got coming up but any any last thing you want to share with with the audience well um what I would like to share is if you haven't, if you're in Los Angeles and you have not come out to any of the Teteo parties, I think you should come out. I think you should have a great time. It's going to be amazing. And follow me on social media. It's the same name in every platform. It's Sasha Mercy. So it's at S-A-S-H-A-M-E-R-C-I. 
Thank you so much for having me. Wonderful. Thank you. Nos vemos en el teteo. Yeah. See you soon. All right. That was a great conversation. So y'all, I hope that you enjoyed that. Please share this episode with a friend. Please write us an Apple podcast review. We make very little money on this podcast, but when we get a nice love note from you, it truly powers us for like three or four episodes more. So if you want more of this this fantastic show in your ears, then please, please write us that note. It really means so, so much to us. So until next time, ponte un suéter. Thank you. Abrazos, besos. Ciao. Tamarindo Podcast is Brenda Gonzalez and Anasheila Victorino, with production support from Josie Melendez and Augusto Martinez Delgado of Sonoro Media. Our theme song is by Jeff Ricards. If you like our show, please rate and review Tamarindo Podcast or share an episode with a friend. Are you ready to turn your best ideas into a thriving online business? Introducing Shopify, your no-excuses business partner. You might not realize, but our podcast, More Than Mammies, it's a business. And we started it, of course, to talk about maternity, not to become an e-commerce expert. So yeah, we needed some help selling our merch and getting our store up and running. Another sale. Shopify is a commerce platform revolutionizing millions of businesses worldwide. No matter if you are a garage entrepreneur or a big business, Shopify is the only tool you need to start and grow your business without the struggle. With Shopify single dashboard, you can manage orders, shipping, and payments from anywhere, giving you the insights you need whatever you are. Sign up for $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash sonoro or lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash sonoro to take your business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash sonoro.